Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And now joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 187 after a couple of composer guests, we have a community member, a long-standing loyal stalwart of the Cana Rince world. That's Richard Hoyle. Welcome to Sound of Play. Hello everyone. Two Cat and Leon. Rich Richard, Rich Hoyle, also known as Rich Spurs and you may have heard on the show various contributions under the name of Dom's Beard. Yes, yes. that's me. That is you. Uh, yes, and I know Richard because we share GIFs or GIFs, as I believe it is actually actually the technical uh, correct uh, pronunciation, um, on, a, on a match day. Uh, you've been sending me Yoshis for many years uh, when Brighton win or lose. And today, sadly... At the day, at the time of recording, twenty third of February, twenty nineteen, I had to send you a a bad Yoshi because um, because Tottenham went and lost to Burnley, which um, I can hear I can hear the the pangs of regret in your voice. Uh, well, I, I knew it was going to happen, so I took the kids to the zoo instead of uh, instead of watching <laughs> it. Saw it coming a mile off. Now this is one thing that's confused me. So have we ever spoken before, voice to voice, in our lives? I'm not, I can't remember. Forgive me if we have. No, no, we never no, have. I speak to a, I speak to a lot of people. Um, so what surprised me here is because you're a, a Tottenham fan, I've always had you down as being a bit of a Cockney geezer or a, you know a North London geezer. But I detect something Northern in that accent of yours. No, Yorkshire born and bred. Yeah, I'm almost thirty nine years. Yeah. So how come you're a Spurs fan? Um, I just loved the football when I was a kid, and I didn't really like Manchester United or Leeds United, and they were the other two choices. So. Uh, Okay. For my sins, I'm kind of the in- inverse uh, glory supporter. Yeah, you've really you consigned yourself to um, to a life of uh, just coming up short and frustration. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, we've, as always, asked you to pick uh, a selection of tunes for the show. Uh, we opened with one from the Yakuza series or the, the Laika Dragon series to translate it directly. Um, so Yakuza Zero came out first on PS3 back in 2015 in Japan, but really it's been the last couple of years where finally Europe, even though they did release Yakuza 1 and 2 on the PS2 back in back in the day in, in PAL territories, it feels like the series has finally got momentum in outside of uh, outside of japan and they've been pretty much kind of bombarding us with yakuza games in the last couple of years is, is this is this where you've picked up or do you go back to the ps2 era with it no yakuza zero was um my first yakuza game mm. i was aware of the series um, sure but and i would just, always have my own i never owned a playstation 3 or anything so or really a two um and i heard james Fowley talk about it um, recommended it, and I seem to quite like quite a lot of what he likes, which is ironic with what we're coming up later on. He doesn't like um, much either, so that's uh, <laughs> must save you a lot of money. Um, uh, this is so for, mentioned- for those who don't know. Sorry, James Farley's off uh, our friendly rival podcast, The Computer Game Show. Check it out. Um, so I picked it up and absolutely loved it, every single piece of it, and it's now in my top ten of all time. Wow! Um, just everything about it. Yeah, it just reminded me of um, playing Shenmue at the time, and yeah, obviously I played Shenmue when it came out, and Loved it and still do now, which obviously doesn't hold up much now, but I had the same kind of feeling playing Yakuza Zero. The yeah, characters yeah. in it mm. are amazing. Just everything about it, really. So the piece you picked, Two Dragons, uh, is that from, is that like, uh, uh, based on the YouTube comments, I haven't played any of the Yakuza games 
properly uh, it's a series we may one day tackle on the cane and rinse podcast um from the youtube comments it made it sound like this is like a major showdown like the big boss fight in the game is that right or not it is yeah it is the final boss fight right okay so yeah so basically everything builds up to this moment and there's a cut scene with the basically who's the the big guy who wants to take over and Kim killing you is going to be his final step to getting everything he ever wants. And he just goes, no, not having that. (laughs) So yeah, Yakuza zero is the prequel to the series, but obviously it's a more recently developed game. So it's about uh, perhaps a bit more player friendly and um, sophisticated than some of the other ones, but we've obviously, we're also now getting the uh, Yakuza Kiwami games, which are, current gen remakes effectively of the the earlier games have you now did you enjoy zero to kind of carry on the the lineage yeah so basically i bought kiwami straight away so carry straight on and unfortunately it's um it's not as good <laughs> in every in every department but right. the, the love of the characters and the love of everything about it kind of got me through yeah and i'm now into now into kiwami 2 and kiwami 2 Taking everything back up again to where yes. it, you know where it was in zero. So, cool. and I'm kind of slow slow playing Kiwami too because three hasn't quite got the release over no. here yet. So I'm, I'm sure just being patient happen. and dipping my toes in that. Yeah, I, I suppose you have to make allowances for Kiwami one being based on the very first game in the series, which is now yeah. Uh, I think best part of 15 years old. Um, so yeah, it, it probably was a bit, it probably was a bit jarring to go from zero to Kiwami. That's actually one of the things we'll have to think about. If we do cover the series, do we start in story order or release order? Um, I'm not so sure. Which do you think having played the first two, would you recommend actually starting with Kiwami and then playing zero like later in, in time? No, zero first. Definitely. Okay. I think if Kiwami had been my first game, I wouldn't have approached two. So okay, and I remember because Yakuza Three didn't get any kind of uh, European release for a long time, as I recall. It was uh, it was out in Japan for literally two or three years, I think, before it arrived here. And uh, Jay, our Jay, editing this podcast, uh, I think he played it in Japanese. He imported it and um, and kind of went through it, even though his wife's Japanese, Kai, but uh, he doesn't speak any Japanese or, or read it, so. I think he had a little help, but he did manage to get through that game and he absolutely loved the story, as I recall. So I, I think three really, um, three is where it really starts to hit the heights for a lot of fans. So something to look forward to. I'm sure we're, we're, we're definitely, definitely going to get Kiwami, I'm sure. Kiwami three and, and so on. Um, yeah. the, the one to avoid, as I understand it, is the, uh, the zombie spin-off. Uh, that one is, is apparently terrible, but... Um, as with the most things. Yeah, sometimes. So yeah, that was uh, Hidenori Shoji and Sega Sound Team from Yakuza 0. As always, we're going to hear from some other community members in this show. I've selected uh, some of the requests that we've had on the forum, kanorince.com slash forum. Head in there, you'll find Rich in there and lots of other friendly folks discussing games in a respectful and intelligent manner and sometimes having a bit of fun too um and there's a thread there's a folder sound of play and you can make requests and we play a bit of everything all sorts of stuff from the history of video games music and the first one today i picked is from i think it's arzanadu who says this track from the original dragon guard exemplified how it felt to initially fly around with 
the dragon. An initial sense of wonder followed by the absolute fear of realising you're riding on an outright killing machine. Though it's not the first time in the game you fly around as the dragon, it feels like a proper introduction to the majesty and awesome power of the beast you're controlling through the skies. So this is from second chapter, it's called In the Sky, from Dragon Dragoon. Yoshi Sano and Takeyuki Aihara, one or both, uh, from Kavya's 2003 Drakengard, or Drakengard, I've heard it said, Dragon Dragoon. Uh, that one stuck out to me today because we've recently covered Near Automata to follow up our Near show of some years ago. We have had requests to go back and cover the Drakengard trilogy. I don't know whether we will. It's, uh, it's in the mix. It's on the list. Rich, uh, my guest Rich Hoyle from the community, have you played either of the Nier games or any Drakengard even? 
Uh, no, I've never heard of Dragon Guard until today. Um, I did own Nier, but I never played it. But um, Nier Automata is probably going to be my next game that I play after uh-huh. I finish with Red Dead Redemption. So have you listened to our podcast or are you saving it to avoid spoilers? I'm saving it. I think I've held off getting it because all you hear is you have to finish it, you know, yeah. three, four, five times to get the true ending. I'm doing air quotes there. That doesn't really work on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, I think that's put me off getting it. Okay. Now, we cover that in the show, but obviously it is a spoiler show, so yeah. I understand why you wouldn't want to listen to it first. Basically, that is that conventional wisdom about Nier Automata is kind of completely misleading. You don't have to finish the game multiple times. You have to finish the game. <laughs> like, there are... It, it, it has credit rolls, but until you've seen ending e you basically haven't completed the game now there is one section the second kind of bit that you play after the first credit roll i can understand why people think it's replaying the game but actually it's the the equivalent of a book or a film where it tells the story from a different perspective so that's not the same as replaying the game so you play the first part of your adventure as one character then the second part you play the similar events but from a different character's perspective and it tells you a lot more then the game after that there's another credit roll and then the game continues and then the game can and then there's a choice of an ending and you can make the different choice and that gives you another ending and then once you've done all that then you get the ending so it's not like i can put i completely agree like the the conversation around the game was oh you have to complete it multiple times to finish it no that is that's fake news i'm saying um so yeah don't let that put you off it's basically it's a 30 good yeah it's a 35 to 50 hour game it just so happens that a chunk of it is is as i say like a a revisit of some stuff that you've already seen but it's absolutely crucial to the to the whole story that you're playing it from the other character's perspective so yes definitely an interesting game play the game listen to the podcast and uh yeah make your own mind up will do good stuff so next, we're going back in time uh, to Street Fighter Two era. We covered the Street Fighter Two series on the podcast some years ago. Now we've also done the three series and the four series and the zero series. Uh, but this is about as kind of this is this is the CPS one, the original Street Fighter Two, the World Warrior version of Ryu's theme. So I'm guessing for you, this has uh, a lot of uh, meaning, nostalgia, and uh, connection with your your kind of personal gaming history. Yeah, I mean, Street Fighter Two is probably my number one old game of all time. Mm-hmm. It always, always will be. Um, I've played, must have played it millions of times, not millions, but thousands and thousands of times over the years. Whether remember it first coming into my local arcade and you know getting on the Super Nintendo and even it now on the Switch, it's something that's you know been with me for twenty, oh god, twenty seven years now. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and that and just um, I used to buy players Ken. Um, all the time through too, and kind of reused as like the mirror match, and it always used to be a good fight whenever that was. Um, and it just the sound of that just reminds me of being in the arcade, you know, the dark windows and the smoke and mm-hmm. things like that, and just you know, hearing it, yeah, just brings back happy memories. Absolutely, and obviously it has been mixed and mixed and remixed and arranged, and there are so many versions of this. But you wanted the 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 absolute uh, original with its kind of quite harsh and tinny sound, but actually, it's there's something about it. Like when I play the anniversary collection, um, it's 
just the, the yeah the soundscape of those early games is a huge part of the experience it wouldn't be right if, with with kind of i love the modern sound effects too but it wouldn't be right with them pasted over the top of those uh 90s era graphics no i remember um my local arcade when it got super street photo 2 in and everyone was excited about it. it's got new sound in it and it just wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't very <laughs> nice the super street Fighter 2 soundtrack i remember it coming in and everyone's like oh no not as good took a while to get used to it at least yeah uh, but yes yeah. the anniversary collection now uh widely available on on most formats and you can it's fun because it, it's so quick to load between the different iterations of the game as you'd expect because they can fit them all into the ram of a uh of a ps4 or whatever you can very quickly kind of chop and change i think is there even a music player where you can listen to the various there uh, is there incarnations is, yeah. of the music yeah so it reminds me i used to remember i got a cd once i can't remember from a magazine in the 90s yeah. with something like meme machines or something yes. yeah. yeah i saw yeah. it somewhere definitely and then of course you know you can go down the rabbit hole of listening to the super nintendo and mega drive incarnations and interpretations or the 3do and whatever else uh so there's a lot of versions of this tune so i like the fact that you've gone for the original 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 ryu's theme this is the uh the play the music that plays when you're fighting ryu on his stage and also we're gonna segue jay is gonna cleverly edit this and blend it or just do what it did in the original game, which is just jarringly cut straight to the critical version when your health is low. And of course, this is by uh, Sound of Play favourite composer Yoko Shimomura.
Ryu's theme, or theme of Ryu, or Ryu theme. I've seen it. I think it, I don't know what it is in the original Japanese, but uh, whatever. You know what we're talking about. Uh, Ryu, 1991, Capcom, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. Um, yeah, so I think uh, I think we heard from you on our Street Fighter Four show. You're one of those who loved Four but hasn't been able to, or has <coughs> tried but hasn't made the transition to Five. You, you're not quite feeling that game in the same way. No, I mean I bought Five at launch, and I bought I think every season passed by the latest one, but I just can't just can't get into it as much as I did with Four mm. um, or Two. Never played Three, oh. but yeah, I like it. I just don't love it as much as I did Four. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Ginger Tastic has been uh, hitting us up with a few requests over on the Kano Rinse forum. And this one, I thought we'd go to a Super Nintendo track from a couple of years after the Street Fighter 2 coin up there. This is another Sound of Play favorite composer or composers, the brothers Tim and Jeff Follin. And this is from Plock. I think we may have played a track from Plock before, but this is extraordinary stuff. Hard to believe that this came out of a Super Nintendo. Um, I remember there being a harmonica piece. I'm not sure we've ever played that. Maybe that runs on the the attract mode, but this is the beach theme we're going to hear. Uh, were you a Super Nintendo guy or a Mega Drive guy? Were you in one camp? Were you a format uh, zealot? I was a Super Nintendo guy. Okay. I'm a, yeah, yeah. Mario, Mario forced my hand as such. I kind of sure. preferred Mario to Sonic. But um, you're, a, yeah. you, you, you're, you're a smart guy, though. You understood that there were there were good games on the Mega Drive as well. You weren't, like, slamming people down for their choice of console, were you? No, I saved that till the PlayStation came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, don't do it. Uh, so did you play Plock on the Super Nintendo? No, I was looking into it today. I, I, I looked at the box out online. I was like, I remember, I remember it. I remember looking at the box, but I never played it. So I'd mm. look to see what was out around that time, and I think... There was a game called Bob or B.O.B. that was oh, yeah. similar-ish that I played, and then, then um, Jurassic Park came out around the same time. Oh, right. Um, and I remember having that game and just playing that for months mm. on the SNES. That was a really good game. And then Super Street Fighter Four came out in the arcade around that time as well. Ah, there you go. So it was uh, good to go back and figure out what was <laughs> what I was doing, because I remember looking at um, boxing like my local rental store loads of times. Yeah, I have fun. I never of- played it. I have fond memories of 1993 myself. It's a year I moved out home and got involved with, uh, in a relationship for the first time proper. And uh, but I didn't play Plock either. Um, and and it's sad because uh, I'm now you know like social media friends, acquaintances with the Pickford brothers who made it. And they they've made the leap from Spectrum coding into console coding, and they're still doing their thing. Um, a couple of really cool, nice British guys who have been yeah just steeped in the industry since forever did they um did they make dizzy no that was the olivers uh the oliver twins oh, yeah. uh the pickfords they made uh feud on the i don't i mean i don't know how far you go back um oh yeah uh, feud you love feud solstice uh or equinox um wet tricks that was them uh sticky yeah. balls on ios more recently <laughs> um <laughs> yeah they've done all sorts of stuff over the years zub that was them mastertronic game uh yeah uh software creations they were known as back then um yeah but i think more than once they employed the follins for their soundtrack but certainly this was one of uh yeah the follins later triumphs and on the the 16-bit system so let's hear it what did they manage to do with the the humble super ness plock 
Beach from Pluck by Software Creations, released by different people in different territories, Activision in Japan, Trade West in the US, and Nintendo themselves over here in the EU. I'm not sure about Australia, possibly Nintendo as well. Thanks for that request, Gingertastic, who said, I can remember playing this game a lot back in the day. I actually don't know if I ever finished it. Not sure how it holds up now, but the soundtrack sure does. It features many great tracks from Sound of Play favourites, Tim and Jeff Follin. Yeah, thanks for that. Now, uh, after seven years of the Cane and Rinse podcast, and having had it requested countless times, we covered Final Fantasy VII in issue 350. Uh, unbelievably, although we've played... Uh, it's not that unbelievable because he's been so prolific, but we've played a lot of Uematsu music on Sound of Play over the several years that this show's been going. But this one we haven't featured before. So what is it that uh, that moves you about Interrupted by Fireworks and Final Fantasy VII? Um, I just love it because it's comes at a nice, fun part of the game at Gold Saucer, which is kind yeah. of the calm before the storm. Mm. Um, you know, you go on a date and it's really awkward and nice and then everything kind of goes a bit belly up from there. Uh, so it just always reminds me of a nice little calm little scene and you're going around on the big Ferris wheel and you see the chocobos racing around and things like that. Yeah, it just well, sticks with me for some reason. All the FMV keeps cutting in and it, yeah. was, it was so impressive. Um, we were talking about how the FMV has obviously aged a lot, even compared to Final Fantasy VIII, which came just two years later, where... The tech had just, you know, they'd come on leaps and bounds. Whether you like the game more or less, whatever is regardless, they definitely kind of gone a long way in, in understanding how best to use the PlayStation in that time. And, and obviously Final Fantasy VIII had been developed on, you know, from the ground up as a PS1 game rather than Final Fantasy VII, which had kind of started life as this, uh, as is probably a, it was probably likely to be a, a Nintendo console game. Um and uh yeah i was uh, I, I had such a good time going back to final fantasy 7 better than i was expecting which was which was so nice um because i thought maybe it yeah it would have faded over time but it did help playing that that ps4 version i don't know if you've played it with the the kind of uh three times speed option and the turn off the random battles option it really does aid your progress uh no not yet i'm uh, holding off to which version comes out which uh, okay, is supposed to be yeah. soon i think Yes, I'm. I'm sure it'll be as with nine. It'll be exactly the same version. Um, but unlike nine, it doesn't have quite so many uh, issues. Although it does have apparently, it does have the same bug, which is that music rather than picking up where it left off on the uh, before you go into battle, it it always restarts. This is a bug which is peculiar to these modern versions of these Final Fantasy games, and for whatever reason, they don't seem capable of fixing it, which is That's odd. Weird. And frustrating, but not a deal breaker for me personally. So yeah, uh, let's imagine ourselves on our date around the gold saucer and listen to Interrupted by Firework.
course, 1997's Final Fantasy VII. One of the things I noticed while replaying the game for the show, for Kane and Rince, was that a lot of the uh, the walkthrough that I was looking at was dedicated to uh, getting the date with Barrett, which obviously is kind of a, a sort of Easter egg. <laughs> and it was it was probably quite, I mean, it was, it, knowing sort of Japanese development and indeed game development as a whole in the 90s, it was, it was more played for kind of laughs than a serious, you know, uh, Bioware style. Uh, you can have yourself uh, a homosexual relationship. It was like, there's this really squirreled away secret where if you, if you don't gel enough with Tifa or Eris, and you do with Barrett by making various decisions and conversations along the way, you can have that date with Barrett. Um, there's a trophy for it, I believe, on the PS4 version as well. But it it really is quite an involved process. Did you were you somebody who managed to do all the secrets? Did you like fight ruby and emerald weapons back in the day? Get a gold chocobo, knights of the round, all that stuff. No, I remember devoting far too much time trying to get a gold chocobo. <laughs> never, never managed it. But um, no, apart from that, I did everything else. I think I took out one of the weapons, but yeah, that was my that was my yeah. limit. The last one it was uh, was absolutely brutal. But yes, uh, the famous knights of the round, and then maxing out your mime materia and sharing mime around the group, and then effectively chaining knights of the round uh, multiple times, and basically just watching like a 15 minute animation on a loop of uh, of nights of the round very strange situation anyway you can hear more about our time with final fantasy 7 memories and uh, and a, a review effectively on that cana rinse podcast next up we have a deep cut i like to play something obscure now and again from a game i wasn't familiar with from a composer i don't know uh, from a yeah a, a pop cap game obviously most people will know PopCap from Plants vs. Zombies and if not the Bejeweled games and things like that. Uh, now, sadly, they got hoovered up, absorbed into the EA monster and spat out as far as I can tell. But this was from when they were an independent entity making PC games, puzzle games, desktop games for a slightly more casual market. Uh, this is even six years before Peggle, I think. Uh, it's called Atomica. Spacefarer from the forum says... Atomica is a popcap game lost to time, but fortunately I found a copy a few years back. Here's some music from its strategy mode, written by a fella called Hanu Selena.
there we go Hanu Salonen I think that sounds Finnish forgive me if I'm wrong from Popcaps Atomica 2001 I thought that was rather cool uh, any fond memories of Popcap games Rich uh, Peggles or Peggle. Pe- yeah. Peggle and uh, I'm going to say it's called Zuma Zuma's, ah, of Zuma's Revenge yeah yes, yeah Zuma. Peggle Zuma Zuma Deluxe Peggle. I played a ton of that on 360. Yeah, Peggle, Peggle used to be my last, my game used to play before I go to bed. That's just that nice cool. music and, uh, yeah, yeah, I used to love Peggle. Yeah, uh, just that nice sort of balance between a game that's completely luck-based, but actually there is some skill to it and strategy, uh, but there's also a little element of, uh, yeah, just kind of chance and it's got that pachinko kind of factor to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I miss PopCap. I think Plants vs. Zombies was a was a fabulous kind of tower defense variant as well. But um, then with the sequel, they went down the I think they went down the microtransactions free to play route, and people weren't interested. No, it's a shame. It's a shame. Next up, we have a request now. Uh, behind the scenes, listeners, Rich gave me five picks uh, and some backups. Now, this is actually one of the backups, and I and I wanted to use this one rather than one of your initial five picks, just because I think you've been requesting that we do Skyrim on the podcast since two thousand eleven. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll you know I'll take this opportunity to apologise to you for not having covered any Elder Scrolls games. Um, you understand the issue, uh, but you know how we work. We operate on cane and rinses. We like to do things properly. So we, I like, I don't know. Um, I think I, I like the Elder Scrolls games, but I've never completed one. That's one of the, the issues. And also starting at the beginning of the series will be very difficult because those first two games have, have really aged, really, really, really aged. Um, I don't want to leave out Morrowind, the third one, and Oblivion, the fourth one, because they were huge deals back in the day. So it would just feel yeah. weird to start with Skyrim. However, it is now seven years old. It's been ported to almost everything. You can play it on um, practically. I was playing on my Alexa the other day. <laughs> there, I was going to say, it's on Alexa, isn't it? I don't, don't even yeah. understand how that works. Um, now, with the... It, I don't know if you agree. I think the although it is obviously massively popular, it sold millions, made a lot of money. Do you think the the actual the sort of consensus towards the game as a whole has actually kind of diminished a little over over the years? Um, not not from what I can see. I mean, I I, I love Skyrim. I remember getting it the day it came out, and I put on the three hundred and sixty about three hundred hours in. It was wow, something I played. Yeah. It's, it was probably my most played game, I think, apart from maybe something like Street Fighter Two over twenty seven years. It was just Yeah. All all encompassing and everything as soon as everything mm. came out. Yeah. Um, did it. I loved every bit of it. And the soundtrack is obviously a massive part of that. Yeah. Totally. Um, probably probably this and Final Fantasy probably my two favourite soundtracks of all time. Um I love Jeremy Soul as comp- a composer. He's he's, he's amazing. Mm. And um there could have been one of fifty tracks I could have chosen to be honest, but I chose this one because it's not uh, it's not out there. It's not an ob- it's not on the sound official soundtrack. It's just part of the DLC, and yeah. it's just a really really nice piece. And it's a it's a piece that I used to use quite a lot um, to help me sleep. Oh, which isn't to say it's boring, but it's a very no. very relaxing um, relaxing piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is from the Dawnguard DLC, which I don't think in itself was especially well received, uh, but it was you know it was a bit more it was a bit more Skyrim for those who had put. 300 hours into the main 
main game or whatever. Yeah, I didn't really do as much as I played it. I didn't really do much of Dawnguard because I didn't really, yeah, like you said, I didn't really get on with the story. It was kind of like choose to be a vampire or choose to hunt vampires, and ah. that was a part. Of it. But um, there was a there's basically one one part called the Forgotten Vale, which is what the the piece is called, where it's just a massive frozen lake and this music's playing. Mm. Um, and what you don't actually know is there's a couple of dragons under that lake that uh, appear later on. Oh, cool. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It is, it is seven years old nearly. Yeah, let's uh, relax and enjoy. Try not to fall asleep because we've still got a couple of tracks to play for you. But this is Forgotten Vale by Jeremy Song.
I think you could not mistake that as having uh, come from the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. That's actually from the Dawnguard DLC, as we said, from Bethesda's uh, 2011 game. Uh, that was 2012, the Dawnguard add-on. Uh, and yes, we are aware that some people would like us on the other podcast to talk about the Elder Scrolls. There are issues, time and, and accessibility and all sorts of things. But someday, someday, uh, my, my, my fan, I, I quite fancy playing. There's a absolutely amazing mod for Morrowind. I can't remember what it's called, but it, it on the PC, it takes the Elder Scrolls 3, which some people still swear by as being like the, you know, the peak of the series in terms of uh, sort of freedom uh, and uh, just, yeah, quests and, and things. Um, this this mod um, sort of transforms it into contemporary graphics, basically. So it looks like a looks like a you know a high tier modern game. So that that appeals to that me. Sounds good. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see. Next up, we have another request from Dingle Dongle from the forum, uh, and Dingle Dongle says, "I'm sorry, Axiom Verge. I left you in my backlog for too long, and you deserve better." I can honestly say that Axiom Verge has revitalized my opinion of the Metroidvania franchise. It's not franchise, actually. <laughs> Although, that'd be interesting. Uh, genre, I suppose, or sub-genre. Uh, and has opened up a new genre for me to explore. The track I've picked is played in the first area of the game and really elevates the feeling of exploration of an unknown cave with secrets hidden behind you at every step. Not just for you, but for your playable character. I think, uh, forgive my ignorance, uh, I'm sure you'll forgive me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I think this comes under the synthwave bracket. Sounds like it to me anyway. Electronica, in short. Uh, it's called Trace Awakens, and it is, of course, because everything about Axiom Verge is by Thomas Happ. <laughs> Thank you. 
That game is now nearly four years old as well. Axiom Verge, still on my to-do list. Rich, Rich Hoyle, my uh, guest. How about you? Yeah, it's still on my to-do list as well. Um, yeah. I'm not an overly Metroidvania fan. Um, nope. I think maybe it's just the word that puts me off. <laughs> just think, <laughs> but, um, uh, go back in time and think arcade adventure. Uh, does that sound yeah. does that sound more appealing? That sounds, that sounds better. I'm on board yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so which ones have which of the famous texts in that subgenre have you played symphony of the night maybe Me- yeah, super I've got metroid that. i couldn't uh, i did everything in super metroid um, yes you possibly could i bought symphony of the night but i got stuck on the first boss so oh that was you seems... i remember that conversation on the forum yeah um <laughs> sort it out rich come on it's easy um well easy easy if you know i suppose but uh, yeah <laughs> just um but Axiom Verge, I've heard too many people say good things about it, so I'll definitely have a look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you can level up a bit before you take on that first boss, if you want, you know, to make it a little bit less uh, dangerous. That, okay. would be my, that would be my recommendation. Just uh, just grind a few enemies before you go into the first boss room and, uh, and you'll be fine. You can take a couple okay. of hits. Thank it's you, Games it. Master. It's, <laughs> it's worth <laughs> it. Um, because yeah, that like it 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 starts off and you think eh, this is fine, but really it's one of those games that the more you play it, the more kind of gobsmacking it becomes. Trust me, trust me. Uh, so remember, listeners, do venture over to the forum canarince.com slash forum when we don't have a composer on. Uh, we try to have some of your requests, your picks, your favourites, other curios from the history of the video games music medium the massive archive that is games music you can also follow us on twitter and do so there use the hashtag sound of play if you want nobody ever does this but i say it every week regardless there's also a facebook page which you should give us a like on anyway because it's good and we do news and stuff uh, you can request your favorites as i say we'll continue to include a selection in sound of play please subscribe if you don't already leave us an itunes or apple podcasts review or rating we still need more of those this show's been going for years and it's still lagging way behind the other podcast in terms of reviews and ratings, but it really does help. It's more than just, uh, it's more than just about ego boost. It actually uh, feeds into the algorithm that Apple uses to give podcasts a profile. So if you do enjoy what we do, it's really helpful for you to just spend a couple of minutes doing that. Uh, we have other podcasts most days a week now. We have Cana Rinse, which I've mentioned on Monday's Deep Dive Reviews. Playwright on Thursdays, which is where Ryan and Ryan chew over new games, ideas and concepts. And on Fridays, we have Chris O'Regan's The Sausage Factory, in which he interviews mostly independent game developers. As I say, follow us on social media and you can keep up with all this amazing stuff that we do. Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you do enjoy and appreciate what we do, please do consider just a dollar a month or more if you like on our Patreon patreon.com slash rinse and it really does help us keep on doing what we're doing and uh, we will love you back for it with some extra content extended podcasts extra podcasts early access to certain things it's well worth a dollar so before we hear about rich's last track from one of our favorite developers at Kana rinse uh thanks for joining me rich hoyle finally it's been a while yeah thank you it's been a pleasure and do you have anything your just your social media or any uh, exciting online avenues that you wish to inform our listeners about 
Um, no, I would also recommend, you know, going for the Patreon. Um, you know, you guys do amazing work. You get the show a week early and you get a show where you and Jay have very interesting, you know, chats. Oh. Last month was a very particularly good highlight. So well, join the you. Patreon to find out. Well, thank you. Um, for, yeah. Nice to nice for a, a guest to plug our stuff as well. That's very kind. <laughs> um, if you, you can follow me on Twitter, I'm at Rich, Rich Spurs 24 um, But to be honest, I'm mostly just moaning about football, so you probably wouldn't enjoy that. Um, I'll just join, you know, on, our, on the amazing forum. Oh well, thank you. Uh, it's 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 just now. Uh, I'm I'm now. I've heard your voice. It's never going to be quite the same reading your your Tottenham moanings because um, it's in a Yorkshire accent <laughs> instead of a instead of the Cockney one, uh, the North London one, I should say, rather than Cockney that I imagined. Um, yeah, can you actually do a, a North London accent if pushed? No, 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 I couldn't. <laughs> oh. I struggle with, with the Yorkshire accent, to be honest. <laughs> Right, so to close this show, it seemed to make sense to play this one last because of its title. This is the end. So there were, as I understand it, I haven't played this game yet, so I'm I'm not going to be mean about it. Although we have a, a little running joke about Quantic Dream because we have covered some of their games on the other podcast. And I think among the now 19 strong Kane and Rince crew, I think we have one fan of Quantic Dream's work. Um, we have a lot of people who really don't like David Cage's output Uh, I'm not sure what the response to Detroit has been I think Jay's been playing it because he got gifted a copy um, because you know he's nothing if not a sucker for punishment or open-minded I'm not sure Um, yeah so three composers worked on Detroit as I understand it and they am I right in thinking they were each given a different sort of section of the game so is it like one of them composes for the humans one of them composes for the robots something like that am i well no, it's, it's one for each character oh okay right gotcha so yeah, each character's got its own composer so they've got their own theme i see okay now okay so mickey taking aside um i i've not been impressed with david cage's work to this point but i know that uh, i was on a podcast recently uh, uh the level clear podcast and uh, one of the guys on there was uh absolutely exuberant about uh detroit he said it was i think he gave it his game of the year um so do you think this is you know is this is this the the david cage masterpiece the misunderstood auteur i definitely i i is i think detroit is a brilliant brilliant game it's kind of an interactive movie in effect but i absolutely loved i loved its pieces it's um from start to finish really um the piece I've chosen is one of the three characters, Marcus. It's the the culmination of his story, mm. um, which obviously, basically, at the end of each chapter, um, you can see the choices that you make through each chapter, and it tells you how many, what percentage of the world made your choice. Mm. Um, yeah. And through my, through my decisions, I, without going into spoiler territory, I was very set on what I was going to do, how I was going to play it. And then at the last second, I made a split second decision uh-huh. um, and my ending was <laughs> quite severe right. um, and got through at the end. And at, at that point, only 2% of the world's players had had that choice, which was, huh. you know, it's insane. I'm really interested um, to what that is now. So yeah, you were a monster it's... presumably, or <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say anything. I think, I no, think no. I found, I found, I found with Detroit that people, if you go into it and you, you want to you want to find something to pick up. You'll you'll mm. do it easily. But if you go in with an open mind you want to find something to enjoy and you invest yourself in the characters, um, 
you know you'll find something that you enjoy there it's you know, mm. something that you know as soon as i as soon as i got it um my wife played it through and you know we talked about decisions she made and i watched my brother-in-law play it over um over playstation you know we were like we were sending them whatsapp conversations you know what made you do yeah. that and things like that and i enjoyed mm. um the guy who plays connor uh, Brian DeChat, he did a, he did various streams of her. He played through the other characters and his fiance oh, cool. played through as him because obviously he knew the parts. And it was just, I was kind of really got involved with all the mm. different options and how it panned out. You know, I mean, Clancy Brown's in it as well. I mean, he's an actor. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, it was just um, just, a, just a game I really, really enjoyed. It probably it probably was a game of my year. I mean, technically, I played Hero last year. Yeah. Um, but they didn't come out last year. That was, that was the best game I played. But, I, you know, Loved it the day it came out, um, and then I lent it out to my brother-in-law, and I bought it digitally because I wanted the soundtrack because I love the soundtrack and I wanted the art mm. for it and things like that. So I was kind of invested in it. Yeah, and yeah, I loved it. That's cool. Were when it came to your wife and brother-in-law, did they also uh, make the ninety-eight percent decision or the two percent decision? No, no, completely different. No, that's yeah. that's another thing was the conversations, you know, the scenes in the game where there was there was three different options. Uh, right. Three different endings for a completely different. This is a completely different scene earlier on, and all yeah. three of us had the the complete three individual endings, which was you know, and that's the kind of thing that's good about it. And you talk about oh, why did you do that? And yeah, you explain, yeah. You know. yeah. Yes, I think we did it with uh, yeah, The Walking Dead season one certainly. Um, no one's doing it with, or not many people seem to be doing it anymore with uh, with Telltale Games. Uh, sadly, of course. Uh, no, sadly, not. I am playing through the Walking Dead final season. But, yeah. yeah nice How are you one. feeling about it? It's it, it, it's on a high with season one for me. Um, really, which is okay. a shame. Which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, because two and three came out. Um, three wasn't great. It started off brilliant, then then nose bomb. But no, I've never heard anyone really talk about it. The final no. season came out, and then everything happened with Telltale. But um, it's, yeah, uh, the third episode, I want to say, of four came out a couple of weeks ago, and I played through and finished that, and it's 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 on a par with season one. I find that amazing because uh, yeah, my my when when the when that news broke, I was adamant that the game would not get finished, and then I thought, well, and then it became clear that it was going to. My assumption was that it would be not of a standard, but um, so I'm really yeah, I'm impressed and surprised to hear that. Um, yeah, season two, I did play through, but it didn't, it didn't really move me tremendously. So I kind of, I was happy to leave it there, but, uh, maybe someday, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it turns up on, um, Game Pass or something like that, or Games with Gold, as the others have done. So maybe then I'll play it anyway. So, uh, this is the end. Is this the piece that plays after you've made that horrendous decision that you made? (laughs) It's it's during actually it's it's during, during and then right. yeah and then there's kind of uh, TV TV anchors and news you know recording over you know saying I what see. you've done oh, and how okay. that all pans out um, so yeah it was um, it was it was very interesting I'd be interested to check about the percentages now <laughs> so you committed some kind of I, well let's not I won't speculate because uh, yeah it could could potentially ruin things even for me um, but yeah I yeah. Uh, I've listened to the piece we obviously we played a few pieces from the game and um, yeah even if even if one doesn't enjoy Quantic Dream's outputs um, I think yeah it's a tremendous piece of music to close the show on so thanks once again Rich it's been a pleasure Liam thank you for having me and we'll leave the listeners with this is the end by John Paisano. <laughs>